It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Programme. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, healthcare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get right through now, it. Right the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. From Amari, Christian, Skyler, Caitlin, Nolade, Jordan, Antonio, Eddie, and the Tom Sumner Program. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. We wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good tidings to you wherever you are. Good tidings for Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas from the Tom Sumner Show. Oh, yeah. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving weekend, four days uh, 
you know, Thanksgiving last Thursday, then Friday, and then, of course, the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. But uh, we're back with uh, a bunch of new shows. Um, well, we never left. We had a show for Thanksgiving that was um, all new, and uh, same with uh, Friday's show. And we've got a great show in store today. We will be now through Christmas squeezing in a little Christmas music here and there. Now, I know other radio stations have been playing Christmas music nonstop since Halloween, but I don't start on this show until Thanksgiving. And then my Christmas music is still better than everybody else's because it's all local. And uh, so you're going to hear some Christmas music uh, making its way in the cracks and crevices in the show. We got, I said we had a great show in store. It's going to feel kind of like a Friday show. Coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour, we have a breakout star of a new Netflix coming-of-age film called Mixtape. Rising star actress Olga Petza will join me by phone. That uh, Netflix uh, coming-of-age film is uh, being released, I think, Friday. But it's coming up very soon on, on Netflix. Watch for it. Mixtape and uh, tune in in a couple hours. And I'll be talking with uh, one of the stars of that film, Olga Petza. And tomorrow is Giving Tuesday. We're going to talk about that a little bit with Sherman Haggerty, the author of Hope Disappearing, A Population Left Behind. And he's going to talk about the homeless and homelessness. But we're going to start out talking about, and this is kind of appropriate, the day after the Thanksgiving weekend. We're going to talk about um, diabetes and, and more importantly, insulin and affordable insulin with um, Andy Vicari, who's a senior director uh, for Diabetes uh, U.S. Insulin brand at Lilly Diabetes. That's coming up, uh, well, straight ahead, so stay tuned. <music> Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program, and my guest this hour is the, um, and I'm not sure if I'm going to say this right, but the Senior Director and U.S. Brand Leader for the Insulin's Portfolio at Lilly Diabetes. His name is Andy Vicari, and he joins me by phone. Hi, Andy. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Tom, and you got it just right. Um. I, I was a little thrown by Lilly Diabetes. Is that um, uh, is some kind of a, a subsidiary or, or um, a department of the the bigger umbrella of Lilly? We're structured around different diseases that we're trying to help solve problems for, and and one of which, and one of our main focus, is really around diabetes. So. Still all part of one big Lily family, but very focused on diabetes, hence uh, the title and, and, and my job title. And, and with all the, the uh, oh, negativity um, directed toward uh, big pharma, do, do you admit that when you're out at uh, social functions and ball games and stuff? <laughs> I think it's recognition of it. I think I, I understand and appreciate people's concern, and I welcome actually the conversation. So I 
appreciate when people bring it up and are curious and ask questions. It always opens the door for what I think is a good dialogue and hearing other people's perspectives on things. So I think it's part of it, but I know at the end of the day, uh, with the different medications that we produce, insulins, one of them that I have the good fortune of representing, I also know that it's a life-saving medication. Well, and there have been um, a a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of press um, over the last decade or two about prices with regard to life-saving medicine. We went through that whole thing with the EpiPen, and insulin certainly hasn't been immune to um, getting criticized for being especially high-priced. And that's why what you're doing, Andy, at Lilly is so interesting. And I want to talk about that and how that got going. The other thing that people complain about with regard to Big Pharma is the idea that they're more invested in treatment than cure. So I want to give you a chance to, you know, take all of that on a little bit and and uh, share your thoughts. Very good. Where would you like to start, Tom? Well, let's let's start first with this uh, idea of of treatment versus cure, um, and and then move on to. The, the pricing promotion that you have going on, I don't know if promotion's the right word, Andy, but the, the pricing deal that you are offering to people for insulin, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah, happy to. Uh, with respect to our investments around, or what I would say our research and development around cure versus uh, producing medications that are really helping with the symptoms, we would love the day, and we welcome the day. And we've actually invested in things that are almost sort of sound like science fiction, such as artificial pancreas or medications that are very disease-modifying. So we do invest uh, from a, a actual R&D standpoint. In fact, over the last several years, we've put five billion dollars back into specific diabetes research across the whole across a whole host of different uh, treatments. And in cases, things that are trying to do uh, just what you're talking about, trying to come up with a cure, we would love the day when some of the medication that uh, we have is not needed because we've found a cure for diseases like diabetes. That would be a very wonderful thing and something that we would uh, we work very hard to do. In the meantime, we also know that there's many Americans that struggle today with their diabetes And so until that day, uh, we have a a wonderful portfolio of of different medications that can help people along their patient journey. Well, let's let's talk about diabetes for just a minute and and how many people are suffering from diabetes in the U.S. And and there are different kinds, apparently. Yes. Yes, so it's really type 1 and type 2. And the best way for any person to understand that is type 1 is typically diagnosed when someone is uh, much younger, and it means that they are insulin-dependent. Their pancreas just does not produce insulin like a normal functioning pancreas does, hence the need for insulin. And that is how we started with this many, many years ago. Is that naturally occurring, Andy? Is that, you know, something, a condition that... uh, people might be born with, or are there environmental factors that contribute to that? 
There's not environmental factors uh, when it comes to type 1 as a diagnosis. It is something that is just inherent in their genes. And so there's no cause, per se, uh, nothing that someone has done to acquire or become type 1 diabetic. Yeah, I, I, and I wanted to... I, I wanted to drill down on that a little bit, Andy, and thanks for your indulgence because, um, you know, diabetes and, and obesity very often um, are, are characterized as something that can be dealt with through changing behavior, and that's just not the case with diabetes 1. For type 1, that's correct. I mean, it's very important that they have the right behaviors to just their overall health, but you are correct. When it comes to type 1 diabetes, uh, it's not something that is uh, inherent in their behaviors or in the environment. Okay, so let's talk about type 2 for a moment. Sure. Yeah, type 2 diabetes, which is by far the more prevalent one, if you think about Americans right now, it represents about 90 to 95% of all the people in the United States that have diabetes are type 2 diabetes. Wow. And one of the first places that a healthcare professional will start with someone as they start to see their A1Cs uh, get higher, and A1C is really the gold standard measure of uh, do you or do you not have diabetes. And that just comes from a a simple blood test, uh, which can be done in a variety of ways. And for the most part, for those that are type 2 diabetes, uh, where physicians like to start or healthcare professionals is around modification in diet and exercise. Um, how, how many people are reliant on insulin? And, well, how many people have diabetes overall? Yeah, overall, that's a great question. So if you think about the population in the U.S., there's about 330 million, of which... Uh, depending on the data source you look at, about 30 million people have diabetes. Now, that is all diabetes. That's type 1 and type 2 together. But that's 1 in 10. Yes, it's high. I mean, it is is not an understatement to suggest that it it is very much, um, you know, a disease that across the globe, but especially in the U.S., is, is a healthcare crisis. Is it 1 through behavior modification and or medication, depending on the type you have, can be controlled and or is it ever, does it ever become life-threatening? Uh, to answer both those questions, uh, yes, it can become life-threatening, either what we would call a hyper, meaning a high glucose reading, or a hypo, a low glu- glucose reading. On both of those extremes, yes. Uh, a person's diabetes can become uh, life-threatening. And then to answer the other side of your question, you know, I, I think you know, one of the things that w- we try to do uh, is just to ensure that uh, people know their options. So, you know, modification through uh, more exercise or whether it's uh, what we ingest from a diet standpoint is always a good place to start. More about affordable insulin with Andy Vicari from Lily Diabetes, straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs>
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Lions. Dan Sterling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. Hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all always. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a kind and check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org.
from Alicia, Elena, Gabriella, Erica, and the Tom Sumner Program. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More about affordable insulin with Andy Vicari from Lilly Diabetes, straight ahead. Okay, let's talk about the um, the affordability issue, um, because a lot of people uh, may have health care insurance, but may not have uh, prescription medicine coverage. Um, what is it that Lilly is doing? Um, well, I, I was reading something about uh, being able to uh, access monthly prescriptions for $35? Yes, that's correct. So we're excited. We've been at this for a while, Tom, and you're right. I that's think, cheaper uh, than coffee. Struggle. Absolutely. We're <laughs> proud of that. We've, we've been going at this for a while, and if there, if there's, let's go through kind of the different folks that may be listening uh, into your show. There yeah, may please. be those that have no insurance at all or those that have some form of insurance, typically from an employer. In those groups of people, we have an option through the Lilly Insulin Value Program that regardless of if they're on uh, five pens or ten pens in a monthly prescription, they can get it for $35. And your listeners can access it at insulinaffordability.com, or we have a uh, operator-run line at, that we call Lilly Diabetes Solutions Center, and that is 833-808-1234. And they can call in and get access to the $35 a monthly prescription. Now, you likely have folks that are seniors and are in Part D, and because of uh, collaboration with the federal government, uh, there is something called the senior savings model. And for plans, so just think any healthcare plan that chooses to participate, that also caps the out-of-pocket for a person with diabetes at $35 to get their Lilly insulin. So we're very proud, Tom, that at, there is no scenario that exists if someone is in a Part D plan or if they have no insurance or if they have commercial insurance, that they can, they, there isn't a scenario where they can't get their Lilly insulin for $35. How is Lily able to do this? Mm, great and, question. And so, and how did how did it come up? Because you know, people in pharmaceutical companies are not characterized as sitting down in their boardrooms and trying to figure out how they can charge less. Yeah, it's it's, it's a fair <laughs> question for sure. You know, when I say we've been at this for a while, Tom, I think it's without going too deep into just the way the U.S. healthcare system is structured, I think the simple way to think about it is because of the structure in the U.S. today, people fall through the cracks. And what we set out to do is to systematically address those cracks. And specifically, starting in 2017, we had one of our first solutions come out, and it was trying to identify those that have uh, no insurance or are paying full retail price for their prescription, uh, we don't want them to ever have to go without. And so we started there and then just tried to systematically address other parts of the healthcare system where we identify people are paying 
uh, way too much for their for their prescription drugs. And in our case, we wanted to solve that for insulin. So it's taken us some time, and short of policy changes uh, in just the healthcare system, we can feel good that today we know that the average out-of-pocket cost for anyone on any Lilly insulin is about $28 a month. And that has uh, come down quite substantially over the last several years. Andy, that's that's amazing. Um, is is it possible to do that because insulin has been around for a long time and you're able to produce it less expensively? You know, we always hear that debate about, you know, the first, uh, you know, a pill costs uh, 18 cents to make, but the first one costs $5 billion. Um, is it just that insulin has been around for a long time and you're able to produce it inexpensively and and you're acknowledging that and, and maybe taking the lead in the industry on saying, well, we really can do this for the lower price? Hmm. So given the... I think this is a, a really important distinction. Often with a pill form of a product, it can be made very cheaply, so oftentimes it can be uh, you know, pennies on the dollar. What's interesting in what is called the biologic space, which an, which an insulin is, is, is the complexity of the manufacturing. In fact, it's stunning when you go through some of our manufacturing plants. Uh, they're many, many football fields long. We're talking about eight or ten football fields and the technology involved in it from a purity standpoint. I think the simple way to, to share it, Tom, is the costs generally have not come down in how to make it. But to answer your question directly, we've just made a concerted effort to say uh, because this medication is so important for individuals and they're falling through the cracks today, we want to make sure we address that anybody that's getting their Lilly insulin doesn't pay more than $35 for it. Are you losing money on it and making it up on other products? Nope. No, no, not in the case of insulin, no. Uh, we just, uh, this, we, we feel strongly that the idea that having an affordable insulin is important and uh, yet we can still profitably run a business and uh, do so accordingly. Now the Lilly uh, insulin brand, it is what you're doing there with pricing. Is that reverberating a little bit around the other parts of the company and in other companies? I'd say absolutely in other companies and even within Lilly, uh, we uh, we say with with pride that we have helped shape the way. Uh, other manufacturers are choosing to try to solve the problem of uh, prescription drugs. So I think we've influenced our peers in a positive way. The problem being price. Correct. And really trying to solve, short of policy changes, trying to solve uh, with the tools that we can control. And in this case, it's some of the offerings, like I've mentioned, like our Lilly Insulin Value Program or even uh, other things that we offer uh, within the solution set that we have. Um, now, how are, are you are you marketing that? Um, I, I mean, really, this is the first I'm hearing about it, and you know, I, I don't 
want to throw your marketing department under the bus, but how new is this, and what are you doing to get the word out? Yeah, uh, well, things like this. So we love talking to influencers like yourself to try to get the word out, and we do that as much as possible. Uh, we, we do. We actually advertise uh, a lot around this category, and we've do, been doing so for several years. Specifically, I'll, I'll just give you the one example on the Lilly Insulin Value Program, This, which for those that have no insurance or have commercial insurance, ensures they get their Lilly Insulin for $35 a month. That has been going since 2020. We started this as the pandemic hit, and we have announced very publicly that we have no intention of sunsetting this, meaning we want to keep this solution in the market because it's been very impactful for people with diabetes. And we've done a variety of things. So you you may have seen in, in some print publications, our CEO had an open letter addressing pricing around insulin, addressing the Lilly Solutions, we also advertise uh, the way uh, most of us get a lot of our advertising is th- through the Internet. So we do a lot of media uh, that way to try to get people's attention with little banner ads that say, having trouble affording your insulin, Lily can help. Or we certainly do advertise our 1-800 number, and we have Lily uh, websites such as insulinaffordability.com. So we try to meet consumers where they are, and to try to get this message out as much as possible. Andy, there's been a lot of political debate and and wrangling over trying to figure out ways to bring drug prices down. A lot of politicians saying, I'm going to bring drug prices down and so on. Um, is, Is Lily taking the lead on showing that that free market forces can solve this problem without having to be regulated into lowering prices? I say yes, and I think the reason I say that is uh, what we've tried to do to ensure people pay no more than $35 for their insulin. You know, we welcome uh, and we do partner Uh, with regulators and with uh, the federal government or state governments. And we've been very vocal. Uh, Two things that uh, we've been very vocal on is uh, we support caps on copays for insulin. Uh, Specifically, uh, that is something we think is a wonderful policy change, uh, really for most chronic conditions, but especially for those with diabetes. And then one of the other things that we very much support and would welcome change in Washington with is what's called first-dollar coverage. What that means is it would exempt uh, people with diabetes, in this case those on insulin, from having to uh, pay for uh, or through their deductible phase. So we're coming up on the new year, and what happens every year for those that have high-deductible health plans, which is about 50% of Americans, their deductible starts over. And in most cases, that's thousands of dollars. And until they get through that deductible, they pay full retail price for their medications and for some of their medical services. And one of the policies we very much support is taking insulin out of that equation, meaning that it would not be a part of that deductible phase. So it would save uh, Americans million, uh, uh, hundreds of in cases, thousands of dollars. In in this particular program, Andy, have you been able to structure it in such a way that that anyone who needs insulin can get it affordably, or are there still pockets 
that you haven't been able to reach yet? Mm, wonderful question. So uh, we've structured it to make it as easy and frictionless as possible. So, for example, this insulin value program, it's three simple questions. It asks someone if they have insurance or not. It asks them if they are a resident of the United States. And then importantly, to answer your question directly, uh, by law, we cannot provide this solution to those that are getting some form of uh, federal government support. So, for instance, Medicaid. Uh, that is just U.S. law. That's something we can't violate. So as long as they meet those criteria, we can absolutely reach them. What makes uh, our solution with the federal government, what I talked about in the senior savings model, is that is a way that we can compliantly ensure that people don't have to pay more than $35 for their insulin. The, the, I would say the one population that is hard to get to is those that have no insurance at all. They don't always know that some of these solutions exist. And so that's where, when you ask the question around our marketing, that's where we actually spend a lot of our time trying to uh, find those people where they are, whether it's on the Internet or maybe perhaps listening into your show to try to direct them to insulinaffordability.com or our Lilly Diabetes Solution Center. What about um, websites and applications like GoodRx and, and others? And I just mentioned them because when they first started, I had their, one of their founders on the show. But, um, but these price-watching apps and companies are they are, are they useful in, in this process of, of uh, trying to get to people who maybe don't have health care insurance absolutely yeah I think they do I'm very familiar with good rx and I think they do a good job of they've done a very good job of getting their advertising out there and helping people be aware and, you know, what I uh, like as a healthcare consumer myself or for friends and family is, you know, I think anything or any mechanism that can help someone better afford any of their medications or any of their health care, that is a wonderful thing. And in this case, GoodRx, absolutely, if they can help direct people to the most affordable solution for them, uh, why not? Yeah, that's... Um that's that's kind of a kind of a new thing and and what about this notion that it's more expensive in some countries and and less expensive in others um how does that how yeah, does that, that happen but yeah absolutely boy how much time do you have <laughs> so it really comes down to the structure of the healthcare system in those countries. And I've had the good fortune with Eli Lilly to uh, be in a lot of these countries and understand uh, their specific uh, healthcare system. So let's just, uh, let's just use our friends to the north of us just because I think people can relate to it. Now, their system is set up so that, uh, in effect, uh, healthcare is, let's just call it free for simplicity of the conversation. However, it is being paid for through different mechanisms such as taxes or other ways that the federal government does it. And so in that case, uh, they then pay the bill for all of the medical procedures and also for medication. Interestingly, in the case of Canada, uh, the price of insulin is actually basically the same as the U.S., given what we've been able to accomplish with this $35 program. 
So there are countries around the world that where prices are very different, but because of the work that we've done with this, with our efforts around thirty-five dollars, uh, it's actually very much, and in many cases, it's cheaper than countries outside the U.S. So it's one of the reasons that we're very proud of what we've done and our efforts around trying to help people get a better out-of-pocket experience when it comes to affording their insulin. Well, I. I I, I can't tell you enough, Andy, um, how uh, um, impressed I am and, and uh, how supportive I am of, of what you're trying to do, and I wish you all the best with that. I appreciate you spending time to explain this a little bit to me and to the listeners, uh, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. Um, is is there a good resource, uh, a website at Lilly and or maybe others that um, people should turn to to find out more about um, about this program and maybe others that are beginning? Absolutely. So the two best ways uh, you've heard me mention a couple of times: insulinaffordability.com. That is, gets them direct access to all of our solutions. So should they choose uh, maybe that route, they can do that right now while they're listening. Or they can call if they'd rather just get some help and perhaps they have a little bit of a complex scenario. We have operators that are very well trained, that understand the intricacies of the healthcare system, and they can reach someone live at 833-808-1234. And that is staffed Monday through Friday by very well-trained individuals that can talk through the unique needs of anyone uh, that hears this program. That's uh, that's amazing. Um, Andy, do all pharmaceutical companies make insulin, or do pharmaceutical companies specialize in some drugs versus other drugs? Is, is Lilly the go-to for insulin, for example? really three uh, manufacturers, three main manufacturers. There's more than that, but three main manufacturers that produce about 90% of the world's insulin. We are one of them. The reason that is, it's actually very difficult. You heard me mention how large some of our manufacturing and production plants are. It is very complex, uh, what goes into uh, trying to produce what is called a biologic. But yes, in general, companies typically focus in certain areas. We have the wonderful gift of a 100-year history of trying to tackle diabetes, and we've just become uh, very good at producing insulin uh, that is very safe and very effective. So uh, there's multiple factors, but uh, most times uh, different companies try to focus in different areas, uh, and we've just been able to perfect uh, our ability to produce insulin in a very safe way. And and then other companies... um might be better at something else, a, a cancer drug or? Sure. Yes, absolutely. I think we've, we're very focused in, in immunology and Alzheimer's. We're very focused in oncology as well and diabetes. Those are really our areas we try to have an expertise in, but you are absolutely right. In general, companies um, typically have uh, an area that they are known for. We just, you know, 
the average person just assumes that all pharmaceutical companies make all pharmaceuticals. And and that's why I wanted to see if there's if if you have specialists too. <laughs> it's not just doctors. Absolutely. Andy, Absolutely. it's it's been a real pleasure talking with you and I appreciate your uh candor and and uh, willing willingness to take some of the tougher questions um and and i i I just applaud what you're doing well thank you tom uh it's i can say in all honesty it does start at the top of our company our leadership has made a very concerted effort to go after this uh, especially around people being able to afford their insulin so uh thank you for the time and thank you for helping us get the word out to uh, where people can locate our solutions. Uh, you know, it's people like yourself that take an interest in these that come alongside and we can partner with to try to get the message out. Andy Vicari, uh, thank you so much and keep up the good work. Thank you, Tom. Have a great rest of your week. All right, take care. Again, uh, that was Andy Vicari. He is the um, Senior Director and U.S. Brand Leader for the Insulin's portfolio at Lilly Diabetes and uh, we're, um, we've been talking about uh, accessing affordable insulin. We'll be back with more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. I would like to explain how it came to pass that I got fat. Ladies and gentlemen, I got fat as a public service. When I was a child, my mother said to me, clean the plate because children are starving in Europe. And I might point out that that was years before the Marshall Plan was ever heard of. So I would clean the plate four, five, six times a day because somehow I felt that that would keep the children from starving in Europe. But I was wrong. They kept starving, and I got fat. So I would like to say to every one of you who is either skinny or in some other way normal, when you walk out on the street and you see a fat person, do not scoff at that fat person. Oh, no. Take off your hat. Hold it over your heart. Lift your chin up high. And in a proud, happy voice, say to him, Hail to thee, fat person! You kept us out of war! TomSumnerProgram.com Tom Sumner Program.com We wish you a Merry Christmas from the Tom Sumner Show. Oh, yeah. Hi. 
Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination? A COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hopper. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is... Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. 
thetomsumnerprogram.com. From Haley, Alex, Alexis, help! And the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Where are we going, Dr. Zarkov? Aaron and I discovered a room under the hall of atomic power, which stored scientific apparatus. With the help of slaves, we constructed my newest invention, didn't we, Baron? Yes, we did, friend Zarkov. I only hope this bull-headed monarch hasn't delayed us too long with his arguing. There isn't much time left to save the city. We are tipping over. How much further do we have to descend? We will be below the foundation in just a moment. What is this remarkable discovery, Wizard of the Earth? You shall see. You shall see. We are here. Hurry out, everyone. Hold fast to my hand, Dale. Oh, Flash, do you think Dr. Zarkov will be able to save us? I know he will do his best. There is my invention. What is that massive tubes and wires? This electrical machine is an atomic light solidifier. It will strengthen the beam? Yes. Keep everybody back, Baron. I must have room to work. Stand back, everybody. Baron, do you think this machine will work? Be quiet. Professor Zarkov is throwing the switch. What is that weird bluish light? New rays made from the Adamsdale. Why, the city seems to be getting back on an even keel. By Pao, so it is. How is it working, friend Zarkov? Splendid so far. The light beams supporting the city are becoming stronger and stronger. Then the city is saved? The city is saved. By Pao, he has done it. All of you are free. Why, Dale, you're crying. I'm so happy we're saved. Zarkov, come here. He said he could do it, and he did. Yes, King Voltan, you summoned me? Zarkov, you shall be my head scientist. Voltan, this is more than I expect. I am grateful, deeply grateful, and appreciate the honor. Flash and Dale. Yes, impressive majesty. What is it, King Voltan? As proof of our future friendship, I shall give you a royal wedding tomorrow, and tonight we shall have a banquet to celebrate it. Are you having a good time, Dale? A wonderful time, Flash. It hardly seems possible that we shall be married tomorrow. I don't dare believe it until we are actually being married. Now, you mustn't feel that way, Dale. It's just nerve. Well, my friends, tomorrow will be the big day. I'm not so sure. Dale is just worrying about nothing, Baron. Hmm, it's almost tomorrow, Dale. What can happen now? During the excitement of the certain destruction of the city, the Princess Aura disappeared. Oh, is that all that worries you? I should think you would be glad she is not here. I am. Well, well, lovebirds, are you enjoying yourselves? Oh, yes, thank you, impressive majesty. Majesty? Majesty? Yes, what is it? The airship of Ming the Merciless is approaching the city. This means trouble. What did I tell you? There will be no wedding for us tomorrow. We will die fighting. 
No, Voltan, let us take our chances on escaping. Give us a rocket ship. It's no use, Flash. They were damaged when the city tilted. His Universal Majesty, Emperor of Mongo, Ming the Merciless. And Princess Aura. Now there will be trouble. Steady, Dale, darling. There will be a way out of this. Greetings and welcome, Emperor Ming. So, Voltan, you have become friends with the prisoners. Turn over this Earthman to my torturers. And to me, delivered my promised bride, Dale Arden. I command it. No, father. You promised Flash Gordon to me as my share of the spoils. Hold, Ming. By the ancient laws of Mongo, by the sacred laws of the great Pau, who is all wise, I call for a tournament of death. A tournament? And this fellow Flash Gordon would enter? Yes. A tournament. Then all the planet would see him fail and die. So be it. Between four mountains nestled a massive bowl-shaped arena toward which most of Mongo pulls the never-ending streams to the tournament of death in which all of the contestants but one will meet death. And Flash Gordon is going to enter. He and Dale occupy seats of honor in Volton's box. Princess Aura enters the arena on a golden throne carried by six blue dragon men. Here comes Aura in all her glory. She is vile, treacherous, and cruel. <laughs> that, my boy, is a beauty. Oh, I don't know about that. Here comes Drewbridge, king of the lion men. The dragon men are frightened by the lions. They've dropped the princess. Ah, stay where you are, my boy. Prince Baron is already picking her up. She seems to be smiling at him. I wonder what she's saying. Prince Baron, you've saved my life. Why did you do it after the way I treated you? Because, my princess, you are a woman, a beautiful woman, and I can no longer deny the fact that I love you. But whatever it is she's saying, I wish she would get interested in somebody else and leave you alone, Flash. The tournament is about to begin, Flash. There is your horse. Here, take this sword, my boy. It's the one with which I became King of the Hawkmen. Take it and justify my faith in you. And my faith, too. Thanks, darling. And thank you, Volton. I will do my best. In another box, Prince Baron reaches a decision. Zarkov, I am going to enter the tournament and win back my kingdom and Ming's daughter, Princess Aura, for my bride. Do not be a fool, Prince Baron. Why do you risk being killed? Wish me luck, my friend. I go to do battle. It is a battle royale with every horseman for himself. As the battle rages around him, Flash is beset by two yellow guardsmen. He vanquishes one, and as he is attacked by the other, he falls from his horse. Before the yellow man can drive home in death and lust, a masked rider saves Flash, and the first great test of the tournament of death ends. A banquet is held for the survivors. Are you sure you're all right, Flash? Why, of course, Dale. If it hadn't been for that masked fighter, you would be dead now. Oh, why did you enter this horrible tournament? To win freedom, a kingdom, and what's more important, you. Look, the masked fighter is with Princess Aura. 
Ah, the masked champion. Are you a criminal fearing arrest? Or a noble fearing recognition? Blue blood or red, my lady. It will flow in the arena just as freely for your amusement. Here, wear the scarf as a token, but do not stain it with your blood. Fair lady, a kiss from your gorgeous lips, and I would face the legions of Pau. Insolent one! <laughs> I would have you tortured. You cannot punish the living dead of the tournament. Goodbye, you beautiful devil. I go to fight for your hand. That masked champion, I swear I know his voice. The call has sounded. I must go back to the fight. Goodbye, Dale. Goodbye, and good luck, my darling. Oh, King Voltan, when will this awful tournament end? I know it seems horrible to you, little bird, but it is better that Flash should die honorably in the field of battle than at the hands of Ming's torturers. If he wins this final event, he will be a king, and you will be his queen. The trumpets blow and the last contestants line up. Two by two, they mount the sky rope stretched over a flaming pool to joust with swords, and one after another, they are eliminated by death. Finally, only Flash Gordon and the masked champion are left. Flash loses his balance and falls down toward the flaming pool, but his hand catches hold of the rope and he hangs on. The masked champion, thrown off balance, all but falls but saves himself by grasping Flash Gordon's legs. His mask falls off, revealing Prince Baron. The crowd demands that both men shall live, and they are brought before Vulton and Ming the Merciless. None of your trickery, Ming. You will proclaim them both kings. So be it. But I shall choose their kingdoms. To Prince Baron and my daughter, Aura, I give the kingdom of the forest. To Flash Gordon and the Earth Girl, I give the kingdom of the caves. You fiend! You know neither kingdom has been conquered. True, Voltan. But these are brave men. Let them try. They can hold their weddings in their own kingdoms. If they live that long. This concludes our recreation of the first four episodes of the 1935 radio serial Flash Gordon. This series was recorded in the Tom Sumner Program studio featuring the voice of Sean Cantwell as Flash Gordon and Volton. Rhonda Groves Young played Dale Arden and Princess Aura. Randy Zimmerman played Zarkoff and Thun. Prince Baron was played by Dane Walling. Listen for more adaptations of old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Tom Sumner saying thanks for listening.
We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here.